0: Hi and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit podcast. My name is Crystal Fault, the editor of the toolkit, and my guest today is the writer and director of the new film, The Lighthouse, Robert Eggers. Uh, today is Halloween, uh, so for the next two months, we're really ramping up into award season. The podcast will, will be at least one podcast a week. Most weeks, there will be two. Uh, there's just a wonderful slate of films coming out, uh, and all those filmmakers are coming in to talk about uh, their new movies. Some of our favorites that have been on the podcast before have new films, you know, The Safties, Greta Gerwig, Marielle Heller, uh, Trey Edward Schultz, uh, but also some filmmakers we've never had a chance to talk to before, like uh, Tarantino and uh, Sam Mendes and Noah Baumbach. Um, so... Uh, If you don't subscribe, please do, uh, because there's really just some great films uh, coming out and uh, filmmakers are coming here to talk about it. One last note, uh, Robert Eggers was on the podcast about two, three years ago to talk about The Witch. Uh, Rob's a really, really interesting filmmaker in terms of how he talks about craft or process. Um, So if you enjoy this podcast or if you're just a fan of Rob's, I would really recommend uh, digging your way back into the uh, archives and listening to that conversation as well. Anyways, here's my conversation with uh, Robert Eggers from back at TIFF this fall. What was the uh, starting point with this one?
1: Um, the The third year of trying to get the witch financed, uh... Um, my brother, happened to, Max, who I wrote the screenplay with, had the idea of a ghost story in a lighthouse, and I was very envious of that idea. Uh, So he was working on (laughs) that uh, movie, which was very different. Uh, It was a contemporary story uh, about a guy repairing a lighthouse, a haunted lighthouse with his dog. Um, A couple months later, I asked him how that was going. He says, sucks so i s- asked if i could take a crack at the concept so then i immediately turned it into a period m- movie uh the witch did get financed did get made um and but uh, but along the road of trying to get some larger studio things greenlit uh my brother and i were secretly working on this just in case and and this became the thing that uh Strangely enough, uh, people wanted to make.
0: That's odd to me. I, I love the film, by the way. But thanks. It, it, but it, it's this thing where it's like, um, you know, I think it's important, right? It's important to not whatever the big project is. Shit's always going to happen with that. Yeah. If, if you're Martin Scorsese, stuff's going to happen. Yeah, with yeah. yeah. That. And so it, it's nice to have to be working and have the smaller film. But it's in. But the thing about this is, though, it is very. um It's very abstract at times. It's very, it's, 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 I loved it, but it's, it's an, it's an interesting thing to do as a second film when I I think the expectation would be, you know, the witch really did find a larger audience. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And so, and so uh, do something with a little more scale that's, uh, that's uh, even, even more palatable, uh, uh, but um and, and and certainly that was that was my intention uh but 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 uh a, 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 but i'm i'm very pleased with with how it worked oh, out of course and, yeah and I, I actually i mean t- to be very honest actually um i did want to do the lighthouse movie movie second uh because i felt that if i had a little more money with a similar scale to the witch i could control it much 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 more mm-hmm. which was indeed the case with this um but after the witch people were like you don't want to make a black and white m- movie makes which.
0: you want to do it more doesn't
1: it <laughs> well no, no 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 i i, I everyone was being sensible and uh, maybe myself included but but just it just uh you know how things are it's just a weird industry and 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 i was i'm super privileged that uh rt and uh regency and a24 let me make this. Let me make it with with with. I mean, the compromises didn't really come from them; they came from uh, the reality of like the world and physics and time and stuff. Uh, uh, so they uh, so they it was. I'm super fortunate.
0: This I imagine starts. And I, I I might be cripping off something you said last night, but it, sure. I, I just it feels like this is a movie that probably had to start. With atmosphere and mood and world, right, and then the characters flow from that. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, I, I'm sure that my uh, people who don't like m- m- my work would would say, obviously, that's your problem. But <laughs> but but my films tend to start with an atmosphere, like what like the, what this crusty, dusty, musty, rusty atmosphere uh, to salty semen. Uh, Over a tiny table with a crooked kerosene lantern and the smoke and uh, you know the pipe smoke and the salt fish and uh, and and that was when when my brother said a ghost story in a lighthouse that's what i saw yeah, you know yeah, in, yeah. in 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 black and white um and so and so then it was about trying to find a story that would fit that atmosphere
0: i think there's a big difference though between someone when because sometimes people think of atmosphere and as being superficial my instinct in watching your films is is that that's emotional for you. There's it something. Is. There's something. There's also something where it's like y- it needs a movie to express. Yeah, it probably can't be expressed in in, in another form. And no. and so it's not that characters are latched onto it. I imagine that emotion or that feeling you have is kind of what gives breath to the creation of these characters, right? Yeah,
1: for sure. And and <laughs> thanks for thinking so. But but yeah, I, I mean, a- absolutely. And and I think. Um, I, I mean, I, I talked about this with the Witch too, but but when when you're trying to make a, a genre piece or whatever, I mean anything personal, like you're you're putting uh, what is what what you believe in uh, into it, and like and so uh, there there is ways in which the growing up in New England and and being in these old houses that you 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 know. Um, you don't want to get so precious that it was like my grandfather's floor had this certain creak in it or whatever, but, 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 you, but you do want to evoke things that uh, have to do with your own memory and experience, especially like I've never been a lighthouse keeper, um, but, but, uh, but, but building that atmosphere is a way to like incorporate my, myself into a, a story that is not necessarily my personal experience, if that makes sense. I, I think
0: we're glad to hear this is not your personal experience. <laughs> either either the Willem character or the or the Pattinson character. I, it seems as if the script writing process itself, the dialogue, followed a very witch-like uh, process, right? Lots of in terms of it has it like the witch has a very distinct dialect that comes from from research literature, but also writing of the time. Or what, how did I, I remember very distinctly how the witch worked? How did this one work? I
1: mean, it really, was it was quite similar, but maybe a little. Easier because I've I've done it a bunch and I did it on my other films that I also haven't <laughs> gotten made. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's I don't get I don't get a lot of writer's block because of the way that I am. It's all based on research, so I just start looking through my notes and I can write garbage for days. Like it doesn't mean it's good, but I can write it. Uh, we we um, you know we were looking at Melville and and looking at Robert Louis Lew- Stevenson. And I mentioned last night at the Q&A that Sarah Orne Jewett, who is a Maine-based author from, from the end of the 19th century, she wrote her, her stories in dialect. They tend to be very, like, happy, nice, romantic tales They have nothing to do with this, but she would be interviewing uh, 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 retired sea captains and fishermen and uh, and farmers uh, and, and and writing sort of f- phonetic dialect. So that was really helpful in, in putting this together. I mean... Uh, on the other hand uh willem's more Shakespearean Miltonian speeches, because I have a lot of comfortability in that world now, like I can just kind of write those uh which is nice uh but but the but the way that that rob and and willem talked was was very researched, and you know, I have to give a, a tremendous amount of credit to Defoe for basically doing a pirate voice. Uh, and with all of the, the stereotypical pirate language, uh, which, by the way, is a real thing. Like, you, you know, uh, that, that, that's the thing. When you see it in the research, you're like, well, I guess if this is what they're saying, he's going to have to sound like a pirate. I don't know how else you could say what the research <laughs> is saying without sounding like a pirate. And and Defoe uh, makes you bl- makes it credible because he's so in it.
0: And the thing that you're kind of having fun with with this is is that he's a character who can eat this up. Yeah. It's almost like his weapon. It's almost it's it's almost his thing, you know, Rob is the more is the younger, bigger and, and it's but Defoe, first off, he is in a position of power, but it's like his power often comes from that tongue in that dialogue, to say nothing of the fact he's just an actor who can 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 just eat that stuff up and yeah. deliver right yeah yeah
1: yeah i mean uh uh absolutely i mean he uses all kind he uses his, his humor he he uses even even playing at occasionally hinting at non-heteronormative sexuality to also like intimidate rob uh it, uh he he's uh He's a, 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 a satyr-like character, and 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 uh, and will use anything he possibly can to stay on top.
0: Moving back to mood and atmosphere, this film is amazing-looking, but I actually want to start with sound mm-hmm. because uh, th- I, the movie starts with sound, mm-hmm. and so much of this place, and this feeling, and even the headspace. Um, seems to to stem from a, a very full soundtrack. I don't mean full like tracks, but I mean sound. There, there are a lot. <laughs> but but sound is playing a very prominent role. I I I, I walked away last night, and I, I I thought for a moment of like, I wonder what this movie would have been like to just look at, because mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like I might have reacted to these mm-hmm. images differently. Mm-hmm um based on sound i'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and also by the way if you could talk a little bit about because i'm curious about this because you're starting in mood and atmosphere does that also involve sound or is that something that's coming in later
1: it, it does and and uh i usually write to 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 music and i did some with this but i had uh, basically a, a soundscape that i that i built for myself with like uh, rumbling waves and then crashing waves and winds and rain and seagulls and, fo- and I would have I sort of created like a soundscape that was just kind of constant when I was writing uh, and occasionally it would just I, 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 to stay in the world I remember uh, my um, uh, assistant Garrett bird coming into my hotel room and I am like playing all this you know and he's like "While well, I'm like making my eggs and he's like okay uh, but <laughs> um but but um but yeah um the the this, this so the sound the sound is super important uh and you know when when we were in on Cape Forshoe, uh the wind it was incredibly loud and there was one there was a building that was there uh and and we were there in a nor'easter and hearing like the windows like rattle the way they do in the film for real and it was actually a much more modern construction so we were thinking like if if this is how loud it is in this modern construction you know this Uh, shithole lighthouse keepers cottage is really going to be something. And Damien Volpe, the sound designer is like incredible. So, so uncompromising. Uh, I, I have like many, 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 many many anecdotes about him going like the extra mile. Like the, the simplest one is I never really liked the sound of the lobster trap, um, or the, the lobster pot as Pattinson calls it. And, uh, And I, and I, and, but I, but I, but Damien was like really stretched. And so we were in, we were late in the mix and I confess, I said, you know, I I still don't really like it. And, uh, and actually, and, 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 and he got kind of pissed, but then he sent me pictures of his, of he and his wife hauling a wooden lobster trap, like up a bluff in in Long Island over the weekend to get it there. (laughs) Um, and, and he, and the soundscape is, I mean, we, we wanted, you know, every, Rattle and clink in the in the wheelbarrow to really beer barrow to really suggest how crappy it is, and same thing with the uh, I mean with every object in there but but really trying to walk the line between uh, like not having it be a, a complete cartoon but still having it be a little bit stylized
0: because it does speak and I think maybe some of the sound becoming music to a certain degree too it, in addition to how brutal this is and, and how, I mean, you're feeling in the audience, you're feeling the sound kind of in your chest a little bit. It, I I apologize. I only saw it for the first time last night, so I'm still processing, but, and I could be completely wrong about this, but this film also feels often, I don't know what genre you and A24 are putting out there, but it feels like... One of these things as an audience member and the first viewer is like, is this supernatural? Is there a supernatural element to this? You know, how much of this is dreams? How much of this? And I feel... Those are all the right questions. (laughs) It it feels like I'm being forced to ask those questions, not not know them. But it feels to me like just from the start, and maybe it's that low sound of whatever the, the horn is or whatever but it feels to me like a lot of that introduction and that laying that groundwork is the sound it's not just something to make me feel what the space is like but also uh, kind of is there a world beyond this shitty world
1: yeah absolutely and uh, uh, the score is also quite beautiful and they go together
0: right because it's like some... I, I, I only saw it once but right the sound sometimes the... turns into a score yeah versus... I, I
1: like there is um a lot of the score that I did with Mark Corvin, I think a lot of people would consider sound design. And a few of the things that Damien contributed, I think a lot of people might say are our score. And there was, and, and we were constantly walking that line and occasionally like one or the other of them would have to back off of something because they, they both were like, liked it when the weather vane spun around and they both had their like 70 ideas about like how to, <laughs> to do it, you know. Uh, so we had to, to to reel it in, but but yeah, uh, the sound of of the lens and the light is a big um, part of the sound design and how that weaves with the sound of the sea and the sounds of the mermaid. And there's, you know, uh, friction rubbing mallets on glass and whales and all kind and orcas and people screaming to sound like orcas and people singing to sound like glass and glass trying to sound like ob- a <laughs> a flute you know i mean like we all playing with all these kind of ambiguities to keep it um otherworldly for sure and you know the supernatural stuff should be question marks but certainly um the sound design and the score is uh trying to convey uh, a mystery Mm -hmm.
0: you know Everybody and it happened a little last night. At the Q and A people are always looking for meaning, and just just because you set it up that way, I, I'm curious. I'm not. You've uh, talking with enough uh, wannabe uh, tourists to know that
1: you're not going to get the answer. Yeah, but <laughs> but
0: I guess my I guess my question becomes this because I, I wondered it. You you build and it's this wonderful device of this mystery. Like, you know the motivate Rob looking up at the uh, at the at the lighthouse and this it, it becomes almost motivation. It becomes this mystery of what this is um does that become something as a creator where you possess that mystery do you know what i'm saying do you are are you as you're creating this less about well this is what it is and more because or do you are do you put are you are you kind of just attracted to this because of the mystery and what is this
1: i i think um in the writing, you are, for for me anyway. In the writing, I, I certainly in something like this, uh, which is non Western Hollywood Spielberg Disney canonical dramaturgy. Like it, when you're doing that, I think you kind of know you kind of need to know where you're going before you start writing. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. it's, it's a, I think that's a pretty efficient way to work with something like this. Certainly in the writing of it. We have to be Winslow, trying to figure out like what this is all about, and uh, and there were many versions with many different kinds of endings, like more like very specific doppelgangery things, where like you know where Rob becomes li- literally becomes Willem by the end of the movie, which is not something we wanted to do. Uh, but, but so, so there, there was a lot of um, trying try, uh, in the writing of it. Yes, by the time we are going to camera, no, like we know what we, we know what is going on, what things mean, why what, what their purpose is, why they're there, and and how we want to convey them in ambiguous ways to the audience. Uh, I mean, you know, we don't always hit the nail on the head, but we you know we have our intentions intact. In
0: where are we is this is this uh, it, this feels to me a little bit like the witch in that sense of i mean one of the things and we talked about this with the witch that i was so so it, by by creating exactly what you wanted in frame and limiting the scope of what that frame was it, it, every, it, the detail is so specific and so perfect is is this the same type of thing? The production designer and you building spaces or were these found spaces? I, I I know we're up in Nova Scotia somewhere. Is this really an island? Like what? what how? How did you create this space?
1: Um, we shot in, in, in Nova Scotia on the very southern tip uh, of volcanic rock called Cape Forshoe. Um, it, it's very remote, but it also had good r- road access. So, uh, and there was a good place for a base camp. So it was practical and, and, and there was rock solid rock that we could drill into to build, uh, a 70 foot lighthouse. So we did, we built every single structure that you see in the f- film. We, we built it from, from scratch for what the film, uh, demanded based on, the, the research. I mean, I, you know, um, and and uh, and we i am responsible we did try i mean i look i would have wanted to have built everything from scratch but we certainly spent a long time looking at lighthouses in the united states and nova scotia to see if there was something that could suit uh, the demands of the film but we couldn't find a lighthouse uh that suited the story that that was uh anyway Production friendly at all. So, so we did, so, so, we so, so it was finally the responsible choice to build it. But, but yeah. Do uh, you say, when you say production, I'm sorry to interrupt, is it as much production
0: friendly as it is also what you see? Because you, you are so specific about what's in the frame. It, it, you know, I mean, part of this is, is like, you know, where can we put the camera? How can we do things? But how much of it is also getting exactly what you want in terms of? You
1: know, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, okay. There's a, I've just, for example, there's a Gay's Head lighthouse, like in Cape Cod, is a very nice lighthouse. It, like, did, but it, it, I, ironically, I was there last week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've seen it. Yeah. (laughs) But it, but, like, but that, uh, the terrain, like, around Gay's Head is, it's Cape Cod. Pleasant. It's very pleasant. You know, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not punishing. And so, and the punishing landscapes that had, lighthouses that suited my image were like uh, that you know on islands where the water was o- always too rageful neither to launch nor land and we can't you know we, we, we just can't, you can't do it so 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 it is both things you need you need you like we do need like i do need i do always need to think about like um, if we can't set up a base camp there with all of our trucks and things and 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 porta potties and and whatever like i'm going to be taking hours and hours and hours out of every day like getting to to this location so so you do have to consider the practical as well as the impractical but it but it's like but but of course i want to push <laughs> the impractical as far as i can the
0: and so so it's not actually it's not actually an it's island. It's not actually an island. So there's land. So you could go set up camp before. It, it's we, not actually we, an island. Yeah, like it's I, a point. Okay. Yes, All it's right. a, it's a
1: peninsula. Uh, I knew a, I, I knew uh, that it would need to be a peninsula <laughs> that we could make look that, like but, an island. Um, In fact, there's another lighthouse on like uh, f- further north on that peninsula uh, that we we carefully avoided.
0: Um, it is black and white. It is. It's not Academy Four Three. It's this one two. Um, I don't feel like the aspect ratio and the fact that it's black and white film even begins to scratch the surface of what you and Jaron did here. Um, Could you talk a little bit about because there's something here that's very interesting in the I mean, he lit the shit out of this movie, so I don't want to take that out. But there's something very interesting about and I'll talk to him about that. But I mean, something very interesting about the process of how this is captured.
1: Yeah, I mean, look if, if you if anybody like likes the cinematic language of this film or The Witch, it's definitely a collaboration w- between me and Jaron. Like, I'm totally not Scorsese coming in saying like this is what we're shooting. Like, light it and shut up. Uh, 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 like, it's very collaborative, and cert- there's many specific shots that I write into the screenplay, but we're working on the language together, uh, and. And and from the and from the beginning, working on how, how do we create a black and white look that's that's s- special and, and 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 will give the most texture and will be the most interesting to this story. So we did we shot on black and white negative um, <clears throat> because there's a way in which the blacks just bottom out in a way that you can't quite get um, uh, w- by shooting color and and doing it in the DI. Uh, we had to shoot. Uh, our seagulls actually in color, and and it was very tricky to like figure out how to get that same curve um, that the black and white negative just has. Uh, and and it was also a challenge because um, black and white takes so much more light, and we're all used to, like even if we were not shooting digitally, even thirty five millimeter film, it's like become so light sensitive. Yeah, there. so so we so we uh, even if it's a scene with a single kerosene lamp. That the, the, the light bulb that is pretending to be the flame in that lamp was blindingly bright. And, and oftentimes people were wearing sunglasses <laughs> on set when we were shooting night interiors. Um, and we also had a custom uh, filter uh, made by Schneider that uh, created more of an orthochromatic look so you can really get all the, the texture on uh, Defoe and, and, and Rob's faces um, and that proved like complicated with, with for costume and, and production design because it renders colors different. Uh, and again, these are all things that, uh, you know, in the middle, in the early part, uh, in the, in, in, the middle of, of last century, people knew how to do this stuff and people, and, and we were having to like research and, uh, our, our, our focus pillar Eddie, like, who I think is in his 60s was like, "Look, I'm an old fucker, but like I haven't shot on black and white negatives since I was in film school," you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so it was, um, it was a real, it was a real challenge, and and also uh, we were sort of combining three different eras of technology with our with our camera, and, and not only that, we were doing it in. Uh, the pouring rain with gale force winds and
0: You did not have to create weather for this. You 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 got it all up there. I, I mean
1: certainly we had rain machines and wind machines at times, yeah. but generally the stuff that looks the worst was real. Yeah. Um and uh and and and, the, and so when you're so when you have you're shooting with your lenses from 1918 <laughs> and 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 they're breaking down it's stressful. Do you know what you're doing next? Uh I I mean I promoting the phoning layouts. here's the thing like i know enough now to know that i haven't that i don't know what i'm doing next like i'm like supposedly i'm uh, you know i'm moving to a new country in a couple months to start prep but you never know (laughs) all right thanks a lot rob thank you